The following presentation is brought to you by The Realm Network The Bob Seska Show Presented by BubbleGenius.com Hey folks, Bob here with this week's Bubble Genius Showcase Item of the Week If the Twitter toddler in the White House has you completely stressed out head on over to BubbleGenius.com and pick up their exclusive Republican voodoo doll featuring the face and body of our cartoon dictator This item is only available for a limited time, so get yours now. Only $25 at BubbleGenius.com, with a third of the proceeds going to support the campaigns of resistance candidates across the country. Plus, if you use our promo code BOBC at checkout, you'll get 15% off your entire order only at BubbleGenius.com. And now, let the cartoons begin. Stupid! You're so stupid! Broadcasting from Resistance Headquarters. Relentlessly fighting back against the clown dictator and his regime of deplorables. Never give up, never surrender. This is the Bob Seska Show. Presented by BubbleGenius.com. Space, the infinite frontier. With your host, Chicago Cubs broadcaster, Harry Carey. Hi, everybody. Harry Carey here. Joining us in the studio today, all the way from Caltech, is astrophysicist Dr. Ken Waller. Welcome to the show, Ken. Thanks so much. Hi! <laughs> Have you ever seen an eclipse? Oh, yeah, I've seen many, yes. You know, if you stare at it head on, it'll burn your eyes out. <laughs> well, it's not, not, not best to stare at it, the sun, during an eclipse, you know. But it's hard not to. I once took a pair of binoculars and stared at the sun for over an hour. <laughs> Why would you do that? Curiosity, I guess. Hey, now, Ken, we all know that the moon is not made of green cheese. Yes, that's true, Harry. But what if it were made of barbecue spare ribs? Would you eat it then? What? I know I would. Heck, I'd have seconds. And then, then polish it off with a tall, cool Budweiser. Bob Seska. Bob Seska. You really are sick. The Bob Seska Show. Everybody. Hello, Bob. Hello. It is uh, Tuesday, August 22, 2017. This is the Bob Seska Show presented by BubbleGenius.com. <clears throat> I am Bob, and uh, right over there is uh, TV's Buzz Burbank. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take it. Hi, Bob. How are you? Yes, it's Tyranny Tuesday on the Bob Seska Show. Tyr- Tyranny Tuesday, absolutely. And here we are. I- I'm enjoying uh, Brian Williams at the top of his show. Is has been doing this bit where he he uh, he kicks off his show by saying, "It's Tuesday and we're still here." I like that. Yeah. It is, uh, of course, Buzz Burbank for Buzz Burbank News and Comments. Uh, you can find it on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and BuzzBurbank.com. So much to talk about today. I don't even there know. There is. And, and I, by the way, thank you for having me. Uh, people are still asking me, "How is it you you got to be on Bob's show?" And I tell them the answer is simple: <laughs> Compromat. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's how I did it. Absolutely. I've employed <laughs> yeah. all the Russian tactics to get you. Every every week is a crazy week with this guy. <laughs> that's exactly right. Uh, okay, so uh, Trump stared directly at the sun yesterday uh, for uh-huh. a period of time, defying, <laughs> defying all. I mean, John Oliver ran a, uh, a montage of all local newscasters talking about how you shouldn't stare into the sun. It's the it's the thing that you learn when you first open your eyeballs and your parents start hectoring you about what to do and what not to do. Don't right. look both ways before you cross the street. Don't right. stare directly into the sun. And uh, and our our sharp yeah he's a sharp guy he he's got a, the best brain and the best you, words you, you you can't tell Donnie anything <laughs> uh, right. and 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 it didn't surprise me in fact I've been almost prescient lately and this will be the first of perhaps a couple of examples we'll touch on this hour yeah but but in this case uh, you know the 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 Voice of America reporter uh, who uh, tapped Trump for a comment. After uh, we learned that uh, ten American sailors were apparently lost on the on the McCain, and and he responded, yeah, with, yeah. that's that's too bad. That's too well, bad. Well, that 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 same reporter tweeted 
on a Monday morning that he was on the Truman balcony with POTUS and FLOTUS getting ready to watch the eclipse. And I, I, I replied to him. I didn't retweet or anything. I just replied to that reporter, that Voice of America reporter. I said, uh, be sure and tell him he's so smart or, or that he's so powerful, uh, it's okay for him to look at the sun. <laughs> And maybe he did because it, Trump did, in fact, look at the sun. And that's the that's the leader. That's the brilliant. That's the man who will lead us with wisdom and grace. That's right. That's the man who's sending 4,000 troops into Afghanistan in addition to the uh, 9,000 we already have. Yeah. yeah for now. Yeah. 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 And that was the big announcement. We're going to get to that in just a second. We're going to get to yes. uh, all about Afghanistan and, and Trump's uh, ridiculous plan to do something that we've been doing. And we've we've actually been adding more troops in the past and then drawing them down. And he's just going to throw those troops back in there and somehow thinks that there's going to be a different result. There's a word well, for that. <laughs> it's the definition <laughs> of insanity is what it is. Uh, yeah, because what? here's the plan. Here's the Trump plan. Uh, you know that thing we've been doing for the last uh, 16 and some years uh, that hasn't been working? Yeah. Well, we're, we're going to do more of that. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's the, the plan. Exactly. But again, the best brain. The guy who stares in the mm-hmm. sun just came up with the uh, silver bullet solution to the Afghanistan war, the 17 or, years or, Afghanistan war. Or did he? Or is, or is this McMaster's agenda? I see a lot of people addressing Trump today on Twitter as, uh, or not addressing him, but referring to uh, President McMaster. Yeah. Yeah, well, uh, I in mean, in fact, even Breitbart was even saying that about him. That's that's the big deal about it. And, and hell, we might as well just dive in anyway, uh, <laughs> since we've already started talking about it. The thing is with uh, with this is, yeah, obviously Trump had to be convinced of this, and apparently it was really heated for a good long time inside the White House, where Trump sure. did, just did not want to do this, and he was. We've had reports. In fact, the New York Times has got a piece out today saying that uh, you know there was lots of anger and yelling at the generals because we're losing in Afghanistan, and that is absolutely true. If we pulled out today, it would absolutely be a loss, not a draw, not a not a, a stalemate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It would be a loss because the tal- Taliban has taken back or as i pronounce it the taliban because <laughs> i marched to my own drummer uh the, the taliban took uh-huh. back a lot of the places okay. in afghanistan a lot of the regions of afghanistan that we had yes. formerly uh taken and seized and held and now is is now in in, in taliban hands and uh and and that's the that's the situation but i don't know how donald trump actually believes that by adding 4,000 more soldiers into this is going to work, given that in the past, Buzz, we've had we've had up, up, upwards of 200,000 troops there at the yeah. height of, uh, of Barack Obama's surge in 2012. There were over 200,000 American soldiers and contractors. Um, and, and I'm shocked to see here on this graph, and it's weird to revisit Afghanistan because we really don't talk about it. It's like the forgotten war. It's still right. a war. Oh, people do forget it. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. But then, and then you look at this graph that I'm seeing here on Axios showing the total number of uh, personnel in Afghanistan. And I say personnel because mm-hmm. half of those personnel are actually contractors. Right. I mean, right now, before Trump's surge of 4,000 soldiers, we've got about 9,800 actual American military personnel, uh, plus 25,197 contractors. Wow, that's more than I expected. And I'm not well-versed on this. Are any of those uh, employed by Eric Price? (laughs) Well, that's a a really good question. I'm not exactly sure on the answer to that, but I do know that if it was up to him, they would all be Eric Price (laughs) contractors. They would all be in there because that was the proposal. Well. Yeah, it was Eric Price, the brother of uh, of Education Secretary Betsy DeVos, and uh, now the guy who runs what used to be Blackwater, which uh, was made infamous during the W administration. Yep. Uh, and and for a while, at the behest of Steve Bannon, when Bannon was still in the White House, Trump was leaning very strongly uh, toward uh, turning all of this over to private contractors, uh, and that, and that was concerning. All the military guys who are now around him said no, and mm-hmm. Bannon is now gone. And and of course, as you've heard from others, uh, Trump had uh, said during the campaign that the the right thing to do is get out of there, uh, not not go in further. He said that that uh, Obama should have already done that. So it, it's a reversal for, and that's the other thing. This is a reversal for Trump. It's a change. It's a new strategy for Trump, but it's not a new strategy. Yeah, no, it's in not. Fact, 
In fact, military experts will say it's not a strategy at all. It's a tactic. Uh, and the, and they'll add to that that even the tactics really have not changed here. Well, yeah, there's no there's no plan whatsoever. And if there is a plan, it's a secret plan. He's not revealing his plan, which is part of what he actually said during the speech. He said, right. uh, we will not talk about numbers of troops or our plans for further military activities, which basically means, you know what? F you, American people. F you, families of soldiers. We're not going to say anything to you about what we intend to do next. So that kind of leaves, you know, it was basically like a continuation of what he's already really been doing, which has been to defer all of the combat decisions over to the generals and the people in the field. And uh, and that that's what gave us, for example, the mother of all bombs that was uh, deployed over there in Afghanistan. And, right. uh, and, and it seems as if he's just going to continue. Okay, I'm going to authorize four thousand more soldiers for you to do with whatever you see fit, generals. Right. right. And and that seems to be. I mean, is that even a plan? That's 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 basically <laughs> no. doing nothing but human resources is kind of what e- that is. Exactly. And while normally, well, back into your first point about the secrecy, the yeah. first rule of Afghan Fight Club is don't talk about Afghan Fight Club. So, that's, <laughs> yeah, so yeah. We're, we're committing an indeterminate number of troops for an indeterminate length of time. Right. Uh, and, which is very concerning. And to your, to your other point about uh, these decisions are ultimately made by the military, in normal circumstances, remember those. In normal circumstances, <laughs> yeah. we we wouldn't be comfortable with uh, U.S. foreign policy decisions being made solely by the military. Uh, but if our choice is that or Trump, I think we feel a little better in the hands of the professionals. Yeah, I don't want it to continue that way forever, uh, just until we get him out of there. And but but for now, I, I think it'll have to do. And I think we need to be grateful to those military leaders for that for that guidance and and although they tend to be hawkish um at least an adult is looking at the situation and a military is all we have because trump's decimated the state department so there is no diplomacy side of this there is no uh, behind the scenes arm twisting yeah there there are no uh offers and negotiations and talks uh on the table and i don't know how there could be with a, a state department that is so decimated so that just leaves the military like i said normally we wouldn't be comfortable with that but that's where we are now and given the alternative of that or trump I'll take that. You know, it's, it's kind of like uh, leaving school lunch decision making up to the fast food corporations. I mean, because yeah, that's yeah. what you're going to get because, yeah. you know, the military is in business to be the military and to do things with its hardware. And uh, and that includes human hardware, human personnel as well. And so obviously they're going to make decisions based on, well, how best to use this military might that we have. And that's the that's the concern. I'm not saying that that's necessarily the the hardline case. That's not I'm not necessarily getting that impression from Mad Dog Mattis, (laughs) apart from the fact that his nickname is Mad Dog Mattis. And that's Uh not because he loves animals or <laughs> he has a has a short temper when he's playing video games he you know when they when his player gets screwed up he throws the <laughs> controller across the room that's no he's mad dog mattis for a very specific reason because you know he likes to use american military might and now given well, that you, latitude you expect that yeah yeah, yeah oh, absolutely now given that latitude uh we can expect many more soldiers to uh, be deployed over there and just a, a resumption of where we were uh, just uh, whatever it was five years ago with the mm-hmm. the Obama surge with over 200,000 soldiers. I think we can pretty much expect that that's going to be the case and yeah. still really not make any headway. And the thing that I keep going back to is the the ages old maxim, which is never get involved in a land war in Asia. That seems to be like <laughs> one of those one of those rules to live by. Right. It never turns out well. The Nazis couldn't do it. Soviet Russia couldn't do it. It's not something that you, I mean, the United States really hasn't been able to do it. And it's taken 17 years just to get us to a place where we're ramping back up again. I mean, how long is this going to go without any sort of plan for victory? I have a, a series of remarks here. 
Now, read these uh, read these remarks. These are these are remarks about uh, Trump's speech last night. Just some some random tweets here. Who's going to pay for it? What is our measure of success? We didn't win uh, with 100,000 troops. How will we win with 4000 more? I thought we were going to drain the swamp in Washington, not clear the desert in Afghanistan. You know who spoke those remarks? The everything that I just read. I can guess, but you go ahead. Laura Ingram. <laughs> yes, <laughs> Laura Ingram uh, is not happy. It's is she. She must use Breitbart as her talking point because yep. all, uh, uh, list for the day because uh, Breitbart has been all over this. Steve Bannon and uh, four or five other writers at Breitbart have uh, said very, very much the same thing. Uh, they they've said that uh, he's back in the swamp. That Trump is back in the swamp. Yep. Uh, they, they've they've said that Trump has broken his promise to put America first. They're speaking on behalf of Trump supporters, saying. This is not what we elected you for. So it's interesting. You're, I think even though you're hearing support for Trump from Republican leaders in Congress, I'm going to be interested to see what the voter base, the Trump voter base, uh, and how they respond to this. And and you already know how Democrats feel about it. It's just, you know, he's up against a lot of resistance here. Yep. And yet, uh, from what we hear today, the first uh, new troops will be arriving in Afghanistan in a matter of days or weeks at this point. Yeah, and I've checked uh, Breitbart.com every day since Steve Bannon left, and right. every day and every time I've checked Breitbart, there have been at least two headlines. Uh, and mm -hmm. banner, but large, large type, all caps, banner headlines on, on right. Breitbart that have been critical of the Trump administration in some way. This morning, rather than hitting them on in Afghanistan, which is uh, something that they were doing, I think, earlier. I think earlier there were uh -huh. a couple of articles that were critical of, uh, of Afghanistan and the, this, uh, this troop surge. Right. But now they're really hitting them on immigration. They're, they're actually accusing Breitbart is right now accusing uh, Trump of caving in on amnesty. That's mm. that's the big deal happening over at Breitbart right now. I, and this is all to say that for God's sake, you know, this is this is Breitbart. This is the hub of the alt-right going to war against Donald Trump. Yeah. Interesting. They would do that preemptively before his speech tonight in uh, Phoenix. Keep your fingers crossed. Oh, my God. The, the world <laughs> yeah. could blow up or that, that that aspect of our world could blow up with that with that thing tonight i i hope it doesn't but the potential is certainly there right uh but it's interesting that breitbart would preempt uh trump's appearance there tonight with that um uh, and i'm that, that surprises me i think as much as anything i have heard that the trump administration is looking at or maybe has already offered to use dreamers from the dream act as a bargaining chip uh, is that what breitbart is referring to in its criticism there yeah it, right now the headline says west wing dems <laughs> they're calling them democrats west wing dems plan to keep daca will increase illegal immigration poll factors right. i'm not sure exactly what that headline means but then it says trump's merkel moment that's the uh, that's the God. current headline and then earlier it was a uh, uh, they were uh, duplicating a, an article from McClatchy. It says, McClatchy, Trump aides plot big immigration deal that breaks a campaign promise. And this has to do with uh, Trump potentially offering amnesty to a certain number of uh, illegal uh, uh, immigrants, as they call them. Uh, well, so it'll be interesting to see how the Trump voter base responds to this, Bob, yeah. because now you, you're hearing accusations uh, from parts of the right, anyway, of broken <laughs> promises by Trump. And uh, although Trump supporters generally don't abide broken promises, I, I see so much blind loyalty to this guy among the Trump base. I wonder if even this will sway them. He's their messiah. He's their cultural folk hero. I just I don't know if something like this or any series of things like this can displace him. Well, I, you know, I wonder if there's a strategy here going on in terms of pushing Trump back to his far right again. Right, As, right. From their perception, obviously, we all know. I mean, the, the normals all know where Trump is on the ideological spectrum. They right. believe, Breitbart believes now that the White House is filled with Democrats. So what they want to do is maybe to coerce Trump, to push him 
farther to the right by mm-hmm. criticizing him from his right flank. So therefore, that's going to motivate. And of course, any, if anyone knows what will motivate Trump, it's Steve Bannon now using all of this yeah. in, insight that he's gathered over the last 10 months. He, he has more insight and, and more uh, understanding of how to handle Trump yeah. than do the Republican leaders of Congress, who, as I just mentioned a moment ago, are trying to pull Trump back toward the center on a lot of these things by praising and reinforcing uh, Trump's speech of last night. So I, I see now between the two of us, we've sort of laid out uh, what the Republican strategies are since there are two Republican parties. Yep. We see what their strategies are for handling Trump. We see Bannon on the on the far right and uh, we see the moderates uh, trying to pull Trump back toward the center. It's an interesting tug of war. <laughs> yeah, it really is. And this is, again, this is a, a, a tight spot that Trump has gotten himself into. This is a, a quicksand pit of his own making because now he's screwed. By engaging in a strategy for the first however many months of his presidency, the first uh, 210 days now we're in, uh, right. yeah, 215 so. days. And yeah. for the first 215 days, Appealing and pandering to exclusively that 35% rally-going, googly-eyed crowd that he's going to be talking to tonight, partially. Right, right. And so now that Bannon has left, and Bannon being one of the chief representatives of that group, Mm -hmm. uh, identifying Trump now as being leftist, (laughs) of all things, (laughs) that is just defies logic... Uh, it seems to me as if Trump is in a tight spot now because now he's got to uh, he's being pushed to be more moderate and sane. And he's also being pushed to be more right. far right. And he's never going to satisfy either of those groups. If he if he tax to the center, he's going to piss off his base. If he tax to the base, he's going to piss off everyone else as he has been doing. And I see Trump moving back toward the center more with uh, John Kelly as chief of staff. Do you see this, too? I mean, Trump will always be Trump, and he will always do crazy, insane things. But I see a difference. I see a difference in the news output from the White House in the last uh, seven days or so yep. uh, since since Kelly arrived. Um the immaturity of Trump still leaks through uh, from time to time, mm-hmm. but not quite as much. Uh, it's not the tennis ball machine that it was before <laughs> Kelly. Yeah. Kelly seems to have slowed down that machine, and that both relieves and worries me all at the same time. Because I don't want Trump to ever be, as you, I don't want him ever to be considered normal. No, absolutely not. And he never will be. I mean, we've gone through pe- uh, periods of time like this in the past. I mean, uh, there was around the time of the, that Syria bombing run that we did on that uh, that air base in Syria right. and there was the state of the union address there you know there have been little pockets where Trump has suddenly gotten his act together where he's no longer a maniac temporarily like for right. there's right. short momentarily of, yeah momentarily he can actually contain it a little bit and i think it's mostly <laughs> the people around him saying all right you know what Look, you got to give the country a break. You just got to settle down here. Settle down for five days, and then you can go to a rally and go crazy, and then you can go back on Twitter and, and go nuts and say all kinds of crazy things again, which is invariably what's happened, and I think we'll see that turnaround begin tonight. John, yeah. what, what John Kelly, I think, has done isn't so much political, but kind of as you, you were alluding to, it's more stylistic. I think John Kelly may have come in by saying, you know what? I'm not going to be your chief of staff until you start acting like a grown-up again. It's not in those exact words. Not in those words, right. But that may have been the thing. And of course, Trump, well, of course, Trump's always lying. Of course, sure, sure, I can I can act like a grown-up, no problem. And then he's going to go right back to where he was. I mean, remember, John Kelly was the chief of staff when that uh, horrendous press conference took place last week. Yes, and, yeah, yeah. And indeed, he was sta- standing right there, staring right down at his belly button. Right. Wondering- oh, hey, clearly uncomfortable, clearly, <laughs> know, and, and, and maybe certainly clearly embarrassed and, and possibly even ashamed, uh, and right, rightly so. And things, uh, he was uh, downtrodden because things had not gone at all as they had been planned yep. in, in that particular thing. And maybe that's, maybe that's another uh, phase of behavior to look for in Trump now is that remaining bottled up as he does for a few days, maybe when he finally does let off his steam, it will be even crazier than the time before. I I, I wonder if his outburst will be even more outrageous uh, in that he's been having to restrain himself 
a little bit, uh, at least for a few days at a time. You know, and I wonder, too, and this is merely speculative. Uh, obviously, I have no evidence of anything like this. But you know what it seems like sometimes with Trump's behavior? That it ebbs and flows based on maybe some sort of medication. Like maybe there's a, yeah, uh, a, a certain dosage of something that he takes and it lasts for a certain number of days and then it dissipates and then he becomes crazy. And then it, then he takes some medication again and then he's, then he's silent for, uh, you know, 48 hours. And then he goes crazy again as the level of the uh, the medicine dissipates in his body. Whether it's substance-based or psychological, there's yeah. clearly a problem here, and it crushes me. It crushes me to think that we have zero chance, uh, at this point anyway, of pursuing the 25th Amendment. This guy ain't right. This yeah. guy is not right, and that should frighten people tremendously. I am nowhere near giving up this fight, but I do get tired. This is one of those weeks where... You know, I'm a little tired and I'm a little not I'm a little less optimistic than than I would normally be. I'm still optimistic about the outcome. I'm less optimistic about our ability, my ability to endure this uh, and, and, and how long that all of this can go on. Trump shouldn't be making any of these decisions uh, in the condition that he's in regarding Afghanistan. And by the way, we didn't even touch on the, the greed aspect of this. Where oh, we're going to get back into you know, that. Yeah. yeah, right. Yeah, well, good. I look forward to that because that's an important aspect of, of this mm. too. But uh, this guy ain't right, and it's, it's really <laughs> killing me that it, it, only a few of us seem to see it. Uh, only a few of us have seen the aliens, and no one else believes us. Yeah, I mean, f- good Lord, thank you for saying that, because I tell you what, I, you know, I've been thinking the exact same thing. In fact, I've been preparing a, uh, a Salon article along these lines, which basically begins with the story uh, of Lance Armstrong, of all people. Lance Armstrong. Right. Lance Armstrong was driven from the sport of bicycle racing for lying to the American public and, in fact, the entire sporting community for many, many years. He was not only stripped of his Tour de France titles for all seven seven victories, uh, but he was banned from ever participating in any sanctioned sport ever, ever again. And this was for cheating while riding a bicycle in the Tour de France. Now, look, I understand how difficult it is, and I, I don't want to get into a discussion of the doping and all, and all that crap. Right, I, could, no. I, could spend, I could spend days and days and days and days talking about Lance Armstrong and doping. But here's the thing. Uh, why is Donald Trump, who arguably has a much more important job with much greater responsibilities, uh, getting away with all of this? I mean, Lance Armstrong, for all of his faults, raised millions and millions and millions of dollars for cancer research in this country, became the centerpiece right. of inspiration for millions of Americans who were suffering from, from cancer and around the world. Uh, there's nothing redeemable about Donald Trump whatsoever, <laughs> and yet we're giving him chance after chance after chance after chance. I mean, What's the, the difference? Politics. <laughs> the, 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 difference the difference is politics. Yeah. And you've got, you've got uh, you know, I can't, I'm not objective enough to speak for the progressive side of things, yeah. but it's very clear as an observer what the right is doing, and that is, and you mentioned this earlier, uh, uh, Breitbart calling Trump leftist. Uh, the the, the hot-button words for conservative voters for Trump voters are uh, leftist Obama uh, and Clinton. Uh, and, and you call anybody, any of those things, or you invoke any of those words or names and you get them riled up. And, and uh, so it, that's, that's one of the buttons you push if yep. you want to manipulate Trump voters. And they are so hypnotized, uh, zombieized into responding with Gur arg uh, leftist is bad uh, you know when, whenever that comes up that that it, you know they're, they're just at this point blinded to anything you can tell them. I, I worry, Bob, that you and I are and others are preaching to the choir all of the time and not reaching anybody new, not changing any minds that's that's killing me. I don't know how you yeah. feel about it, but I, I don't know how we move that needle. Uh, and and whether we can afford to sit back and let Trump move the needle for us. It's one of those things where, uh, you know, I honestly think that, 
and, and not to get too insidery about all of this, but I, I feel like, for example, this show probably doesn't have a lot of conservative listeners. I mean, maybe there's a few who pop in and troll or do whatever. Uh, right. and, and, and you know what? That's ultimately fine. We're communicating mm-hmm. to people who agree with us, and then they can take what we say. If it, if it makes any sense, they can take it and, and use it in their own water cooler wars at, at work Hopefully. or something like that. Uh, they can use it on Twitter and social media and so on and, and recycle it and put it in their own words and, and have, you know, maybe a, a point of view that they didn't consider initially. But but then there's also um, the fact that, you know, when I'm writing for Salon, for example, I do realize that there are quite a few conservatives and, and most of the time they're trolls, probably Trump trolls who pop in. But uh, I do know that they're there because I see them in the comments, much to my own chagrin. I hate looking at the comments, but I can't look away. It's one of the right. things. Where it's like driving past an accident on the highway. I'm uh, and, and so um, in, in that regard, I feel like when I'm writing, though, I, I feel like there are enough Trump people looking in that I'm writing directed toward them. I'm, I'm creating my arguments to either flummox them or to try to at least turn the dial a little bit on them so yeah. that they could eventually maybe you know implant that, uh, that jingle in their head that they can't get out of their head and eventually it takes over and they change their mind on something. Yeah, but hopefully, yeah, and you're right. If we reach one person in it with something like that, it, it absolutely is worthwhile. I think in, in some ways we're like uh, amateur lawyers uh, in a way uh, who argue who argue a case <laughs> yeah. and you just give it the best argument again you know you're not going to win everybody on the jury but if you can win one to tilt the jury that's that's important i'm fascinated by the whole prosecutorial uh process and the entire legal process and i often equate it uh to to what we do i, I you know it's it's almost a it's a kind of detective story that i really enjoy it's my own real life law and order i guess yeah and it's very much that way on social media too i mean on facebook yeah. it's it's difficult to avoid the trolls who come in i mean my page is uh is is public i mean all of my posts are public so you know i get quite a variety of uh of sideshow freaks sometimes popping in and trolling and and that's it's, always it's, fun but you know yeah, it, and actually it, it's nice to know because in, in that regard I, I i'm glad that someone who disagrees with me is reading that argument so i want to make sure that my arguments are as sound as possible right right i a lot of times i feel like i'm arguing with a brick wall yes. and 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 when i say arguing i mean you know, over facts, you know, as, <laughs> as actual documented information uh, that, that I have to defend the, the most ridiculous things. And it, it gets very frustrating sometimes. I, I know that's the intention. They want us to get frustrated. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Well, right. we're going to dig into uh, Afghanistan a little bit more here in Trump's remarks from last night and uh, and move on to some other things. We've got some Trump-Russia uh, stories to talk about uh, and some final words on Charlottesville I want to uh, include in the show here today. But first, Good. I'll talk about the uh, the Amazon link at bobseska.com. All right, here's, here's the whole deal. One of my favorite things in the whole world is to uh, scour amazon.com. In fact, I often test Amazon to see if the, it has like really, really obscure products. And so I've been <laughs> do doing this, I've been doing this buzz for the last few weeks, and I uh, it's it's worked out really, really well on the show. You remember from the old Tonight Show, Stump the Band, right? Right. And the, and Letterman used to do it with uh, with Paul Schaefer and uh, cuts of meat. Yes, exactly. So <laughs> and so what what I uh, what I've been doing. Uh, on occasion here in the last month or so is doing Stump the Amazon link where uh, whoever's here sitting with me uh, names a product and then I oh, go cool. to the Amazon link and see if that see if that product is actually at Amazon.com. So oh, I'm, boy. I, I'm leaving it up to you to come up with, see if you can come up with a uh, maybe a, an obscure product and if you don't have one I can give you a hint. <laughs> I can give I, you a hint I, on something. Well, let me, and, let me, I, I hope this is not a softball. Because I've done a little exploring myself, and I, I know they carry just about everything. Okay. But one thing I have not looked for or actually seen are condoms. Can you buy condoms ah! from Amazon.com? Yeah, okay, that's a good question. Let's go. I've gone to bobseska.com just beneath the logo in all capital letters. It says Amazon link. I've clicked right. that link. It's taken me to the front page of Amazon.com. And I'm typing into the search bar, condoms, <laughs> and hitting enter. Okay, here we have <laughs> Trojan Condom, ENZ Lubricated, 36 count, just 1327. Now, I can't it? say I'm surprised, but but on that page, whatever, wherever you landed there, 
what's the biggest box that you see there? What's the what's the highest condom count that that jumps off the page at you at Amazon.com? All right, right here I see Trojan Super Value Pleasure Pack. There you go. Who doesn't want value? <laughs> and lubricated condoms, one hundred count. Thank just you. just twenty nine ninety nine. Through Winner. Amazon Prime, through Amazon Prime, you can have your 100 condoms by Thursday, August 24th. So that's there you and go. that's the point. That's the point. You name something, no matter how odd or unusual <laughs> or unique or obscure you think it would be, and they almost always have it. Yeah, absolutely. You know what? I'm going to see here if they have a thousand count. A thousand <laughs> count. A now thousand we're doing count. a service to the community. Uh, here we go. Ansel, wait, let's see. Okay, yeah. Ansel 5900 condom. I don't know what product Ansel is. I've never heard yeah. of that name brand Ansel. I, I don't prefer the off-name <laughs> <off> brand. <laughs> right. But but they're lubricated and they're extra strength, and they come in a pack of 1,000 condoms for just $127.62. So wow. <laughs> there you go. Amazon.com has it all, and so can you when you go shopping until you're dropping while also supporting the show. All you have to do is go to bobseska.com instead of Amazon.com. Once you've arrived at the podcast page, just click the all-caps Amazon link just beneath the logo on the main page. It takes you directly to the front page of Amazon.com. You go shopping as normal, but if you use our link, we get a small commission from everything you buy. It costs you nothing extra, and it helps support the show. And if you have a small business, make sure to source all of your supplies through Amazon.com. And don't forget to bookmark it. That's the bobseska.com Amazon link. It's the only way to shop. The Bob Seska Show. The Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. He's live and in person right here with me. It's Buzz Burbank. From uh, Buzz Burbank News and Comment. Thank you for joining me again today, my friend. Thanks for having me. It's always a pleasure. All right. So let's dig into... Oh, wait. I got to talk about this real quick. All right. <laughs> so funny to me. I just love crap like this. Trump needed three tries to correctly spell the word heel. <laughs> yes. Heel. He was spelling H-E-E-L for the, <laughs> for the word that means to, uh, to get better, to improve. And he's not a smart man. He's not a very smart man. If but I hope his I hope his eyes from looking at the eclipse, I hope they heal quickly. <laughs> right. And he also needed, by the way, he needed six tries to correctly spell hereby, which is not yes. an, an everyday word for most people. So maybe we can give the president a pass on not being able to spell hereby six that- times in a row. That one looks funny even when you have it right. I know, I know, I know. But he's still, the President of the United States should be held to a much higher standard. Yeah, these are two things, by the way, that Trump has in common with George W. Bush, and that is uh, uh, an inability to handle the English language and the Afghanistan policy. So they have those two They have those two things in common. That's right. In fact, I'm glad you brought that up because Rachel Maddow played a uh, side-by-side comparison of some of I Trump's know. remarks last night with uh, Bush's remarks. It looked like it was from the 2004 Republican National Convention where he was as part of his, uh, his renomination speech. He talked about Iraq a little bit and his strategy on Iraq. Here was uh, here's that side by side comparison. Rachel basically said, "Oh, good. If you're longing for the days of George W. Bush, well, in this context, you got a little bit of it back. It's like a <laughs> blast from the past. We're gonna set the way back machine buzz. <laughs> good. I always enjoy that. Here's a uh, here's a little bit of that uh, montage from Rachel last night. A core pillar of our new strategy is a shift from a time based approach." To one based on conditions. Our strategy can be summed up this way. As the Iraqis stand up, we will stand down. Conditions on the ground, not arbitrary timetables, will guide our strategy from now on. Setting an artificial timetable would send the wrong message to the Iraqis, who need to know that America will not leave before the job is done. America's enemies must never know our plans or believe they can wait us out. And they would send the wrong message to the enemy, who would know that all they have to do is wait us out. Mm-hmm, there it is. 
Trump thinks this is new. He thinks this is his idea and that it's all new and it's never been tried before. Good Lord. Yep. Yep, absolutely. He thinks everything. He thinks he's the first person to have discovered Frederick Douglass. <laughs> you know, he's this is a guy who thinks everything he's learning, no one else knows. Like, who knew healthcare could be so difficult? Right. It's right. good Lord. It's the taming of the shrew, except he thinks he's hearing all of this stuff that no one else no one else knows these things. It's like electing Joey from Friends as president. <laughs> yeah, right. Absolutely. Angry, angry Joey from Friends. <laughs> Jesus, God. Uh, okay, so he also said here, let's talk about this. Uh, this was something that got buried, and no one was talking about this other than, of course, Rachel Maddow, who's on top of everything. You know, I listed Buzz in my uh, 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 most recent Salon article. No, it wasn't Salon. It was actually the Daily Banter. I get these things confused now. Uh, but I was talking about people out of the Trump-Russia investigation who deserve a statue. And I feel remiss <laughs> yes. as to not mention, to have not have mentioned Rachel Maddow in that list oh of God, people yes. who deserve a statue. Absol- absolutely. I, I, she, you know, I, she's no slouch, Bob. I don't have to tell you. Yeah. She's no slouch. <laughs> but she also has one of the best uh, production staffs and research crews of anybody anywhere. Yeah. And as a team, uh, night after night, nearly, they come up with the most amazing stuff that, that nobody else bothers to find or think through. Uh, and, and so, yeah, we're very grateful for that. And yeah, there should be a statue to her and to the other heroes yeah. uh, who have resisted. The heroes of the resistance, those are the statues we need. There now. you go. And I was thinking, as you know, you said. the great great thing to do with those statues is to put them as close to Trump properties as possible, as <laughs> as legally possible. Put the put a Hillary statue right across the street from Trump Tower. I think that's a great <laughs> idea. Because you remember, I mean, the story of uh, Arlington Cemetery is that that mansion at the top, the Custis Lee Mansion, was right. the home to Robert E. Lee. And so after the war started, uh, they weren't paying their property taxes or whatever. They, you know, the, the federal government uh, wanted to punish the secessionists and Lee right. being one of them. So they basically seized the uh, the mansion and all the property surrounding it and then started putting uh, dead Union soldiers buried in the ground as close to the, the mansion as possible to make it you know, not livable as some place that the Lees and, and his uh, posterity would never want to return to. And I think we should do the same as punishment to Trump. If he's <laughs> convicted of uh, of this conspiracy to hijack the election last year and all the surrounding uh, uh, accusations that have developed from that. Good Lord, take all these steps. Robert Mueller statue across from Trump Soho. Yes, uh, yes. Maxine Waters statue across from Mar-a-Lago. These are things. <laughs> <laughs> These are statues. If he is so interested in not erasing history, we are making right. history right now. So let's let's give him some of that history and and put some of these statues as close to his properties. As well. I, I I agree completely. And uh, you know, on his uh, reference to beautiful, all the beautiful statues, we're now finding out that many of them were mass produced. Many of them came out of came out of molds. They just kept oh, yeah. popping them out. Yep. Yeah, I, I did not realize that. And while we're talking about uh, sort of the lighter aspects of, of this very dark universe that we're living in, uh, <laughs> we I, we would be remiss if we didn't mention Tina Fey. Oh, yeah, had, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, after you finished your show last Thursday, the last show you did before this one, uh, that night uh, Tina Fey appeared on, on uh, Saturday Night Live's Weekend Update Summer Edition, yep. uh, which I, is recommended viewing. And this past week, they just went over the top by letting Tina Fey write the most amazing bit or sketch for the last 10 minutes of the show. Uh, it involved a number of people. Everybody in it was brilliant. Uh, Tina Fey hit on many, many points, and, and it got a lot of recognition. It also stirred up, as I know you've seen, a fair amount of controversy. Yeah. And and I just really looked forward to coming back on your show to say, let's stop that. Uh, the, this arguing among uh, progressives, the division that, that we keep creating within the progressive movement, within the liberal side of, of this country. Yeah. Uh, we We have more important battles to fight than fighting each other. We can work out the details later or separately and hope, hopefully more amicably than we're doing now. It does us no good and, in fact, sets us back when we fight over whether Tina Fey was doing a comedy bit in which she was looking for a way to cope with the Trump mess by eating sheet cake, <laughs> or we can go with the, the, the more tender side of, of the progressives and, uh, who argued that 
she had basically told protesters and others to stay home and to ignore uh, the Klansmen and the Nazis, to stay home and eat cake instead. And that is not what she was saying. And I just, I hate to see, and I know you do too, yeah. hate to see liberals arguing among themselves. Well, it's satire. For God's sake, it's satire. Sometimes it's with joke. satire, you say the ironical opposite thing that you actually mean. It's right. like, you know, like George Carlin didn't really believe that you should have as many abortions as you could possibly get your hands on. You know, it's right. like, it's it, no, he's making a point about something else. And, and the same goes with Tina Fey. And, you know, as far as the, the left goes, um, this is the problem, the inherent problem with the left, especially in the age of social media, is that we all think that we're smart enough to have our own ideas. We don't have any <laughs> ideas that are of the collective, of the group. We have right. ideas that are individual. I know a better way to do everything, and I'm going to say those better ways to do it. And God damn it, if Tina Fey has her own way, I'm going to disagree with that way because I have my own way. It's about, you know, it's a th- however many, 65 million chefs in the kitchen at the same time. That's- and this is no time for that because right. we are, at the heart of it, united, and we should be in our behavior and our speech yep. united in our shared mutual goal here which is the removal of donald trump while we still have a country to protect and i don't even know how that's even at at issue how the removal of donald trump is even a thing it was like bill maher was grilling uh gavin newsom on Uh on uh, real time friday night about something gavin newsom said which you know in in explaining it i i get what he was saying i get what gavin newsom was saying he's basically bill maher was upset that gavin newsom said that the the trump russia story is not a winning issue for the democrats it won't sell with voters is what he was saying yeah yeah, but but on the other hand, I do believe that there are enough of us that we can walk and chew gum at the same time. We can pursue right. Trump Russia while the internal Democratic uh, political strategists work up a fine strategy. And based on some of the candidates who have already declared on the House side, they're doing a hell of a good job at it because, this, you know, the first two major uh, candidates that I've seen come up is that that iron stash guy who's running against uh, Paul Ryan. And then there's a, uh, a, a woman who was a, uh, I believe a soldier in Afghanistan. Who's now right. Uh, who's now running as well and, and putting out a really tough message on Trump and, and doing really slick advertising. And her announcement video was really sharp. And the same goes with the, Good Lord, the name has popped out of my head. All I can think of is his nickname, Iron Stash. But this is all to say that the Democrats are doing a fine job preparing for 2018. And, and mostly, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, so but, I mean, they're obviously they're they're Democrats. I, here's, <laughs> don't, well, don't forget here, that. Here's, the, I, here's what I want to do. I want to yeah. repeat and reiterate and underscore and applaud what Gavin Newsom was saying. Uh, he was saying that it's fine. He he was saying you can walk and chew gum at the same time. He was yeah. saying go ahead and, and continue your walk toward uh, the removal of this president. But while you're doing that, be thinking about what it is we can offer the American voter in 2018 and 2020. Yep. What is it? What is it that we can offer them that? will sell first of all that will get us elected we need we can't just uh, say vote for us because we're not a republican we need to have a plan we don't want to do what the republicans did with health care and that is bitch about it for years and then when you finally get in power <laughs> have no idea what to do about it uh, be ready is all Ga- gavin newsom is saying and uh, bill maher tends to be dismissive of certain guests and certain statements and i i didn't appreciate the way bill uh, was dismissive of gavin newsom's point that yes, continue your walk toward impeachment or removal, but at the same time, come up with a plan so you don't look as stupid as the Republicans. Yeah, well, there has to be two tracks. There has to be a track where right. we're pursuing Trump and, and and investigating him and leading toward a possible impeachment. But then there's another track which has to do with Democratic policy and the Democratic platform. What do we include? How do we sell it? Uh, right. Which pockets of the country do we focus <laughs> on? That's where we get back into our arguments again. <laughs> yeah, exa- exactly right. Exactly right. But I mean, the, the, the fact of the matter is that these two tracks can coexist. The, right. these, these things can happen at the same time. You don't need to put 
prioritize one over the other, you can have them both happening simultaneously. Yes, and, please. And, and, and that's that's all that needs to happen. You know, right. it's, again, the 65 million chefs in the kitchen is just like, it's never, ever, ever, ever worked for the progressive movement, and it never will work in the yeah, future. Yeah, well, so. we're just not, we're not the zombies that, that the Republicans tend to be, and I yeah. say that, I... I I say that because it's true. Uh, we've we've talked before about how each day the Republican talking points are laid out on Fox and Friends, and then the president and certain Republicans in Congress repeat those lines ad nauseum throughout the day. Yep. And then the next day is it? But they're all uniform, robotic. Uh, they you know uh, identical in their in their language and their tone and their approach to this. And we because we're more individualistic, perhaps uh, just can't do that there's a great and scary value to the republicans ability to unify that message uh, whereas we are not as good at that and i for one am not sure what the solution to that is well the uh, as the saying goes the the republicans fall in line and the democrats fall in love and <laughs> right and that's how that's one of those uh, the realities of politics that we have to come to terms with i guess but yeah. going back to uh, to rachel real quick uh, you yeah. know she picked this out of the afghanistan speech from last night with trump's uh, remarks on afghanistan and the the troop right. surge that he's going to do the modest troop surge she oh, yeah. found out this found this line here that no one else is really talking about. It's basically this is what Trump said as the prime minister of Afghanistan has promised or as Trump was saying last night, as the prime minister of Afghanistan has promised. <laughs> Just very like winded sounding last night, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, more than usual. As the prime minister of Afghanistan has promised, we are going to participate in economic development to help defray the cost of this war to us. So basically, Trump announced last night that he's making Afghanistan pay for the war. Uh, and and he, the, he he would like to by taking their minerals, which he, they have a lot of. Yeah, evidently they they they're rich in uh, uh, rare earth minerals, uh, lithium Iron, in particular. Yeah, yeah, lithium <clears throat> for making the batteries for our cars and and phones, but also yep. uh, iron, copper, silver, gold, and platinum. Yeah, uh, it's it's all very hard to get to, which is one of the reasons why Afghanistan itself hasn't been able to cash in on those reserves. But there is a lot there. I know the Chinese are already poking around over there and. You know, that makes Trump jealous. China! <laughs> of course. Of course. And, you know, this is not something that's necessarily supported by the entire administration, too. Uh, Rex Tillerson is uh, is quoted right. in the New York Times today as saying that... Uh, that he's not he's not confident in this plan. You don't go and and try to operate economically in a country that's politically unstable. That right. was basically Rex Tillerson's major major concern because you're going into a very destabilized region of the country. Even after, say, for example, we were to to bug out with our soldiers, it's going to be radicalized there. You know, it's just going to be a nightmare. I think it was Tillerson who threw cold water on Trump's plan to take the oil from Iraq at at a time that American soldiers were fighting alongside Iraqi soldiers, and suddenly now the Iraqi soldiers are looking over their shoulders at the Americans fighting alongside them and saying, you're not here to help me, you're just here to take the oil. Yeah. So uh, this is, and if there was, if we had a State Department, remember when we had a State Department? If we <laughs> yeah. had a State Department, it would object uh, soundly to this plan of, of blood for treasure. Yeah, I mean, we've got almost zero State Department uh, appointees in Afghanistan right now. I mean, basically, we've we've bugged out of the place as far as our uh, State Department pre presence there, and that's not good either. And there was nothing in Trump's speech about how to remedy that. But one thing that he did do, uh, and I'll just add this before we take a, one last break here, but the one thing that he did do is he basically declared that we're not going to do any nation-building which, as far as I'm concerned, obviously no one's no one's in favor of nation building after the debacle of Iraq. But right. at the very least, I mean, what was the lesson of Charlie Wilson's war that that Aaron Sorkin film with Tom Hanks and and Philip Seymour Hoffman? That movie basically told us that the major mistake in Afghanistan, the mistake that eventually led to 9-11, as some theories go, is that we helped the uh, the Mujahideen. Uh, expel Russia out of Afghanistan, and then we didn't do anything else. We just Created bugged. Avoid. We bugged out. We didn't build any. Uh, we built any roads. We didn't build any schools. We didn't give them any infrastructure. And and what that did is that radicalized the Mujahideen against 
the United States as being as being the new enemy. And where did where did that lead? That led to Al Qaeda and the Taliban and 9-11 and this 17 war year war that we're in right now. And and none of those lessons are being learned. As far as I'm concerned, what I was hoping for and what I it was a forlorn hope. There was no way that this was going to happen. But I was kind of hoping that Trump would announce last night that instead of sending more troops, we were going to start building roads and schools and winning right. over hearts and minds in right. Afghanistan. And, you know, obviously it's not a good time to do that since we're badly losing and we would have to take back some of that territory from the Taliban in order to do right. any of those infrastructure things. Right. But, you know, there's also the other side of this, which is that Trump's not going to build infrastructure in Afghanistan without first building infrastructure inside the United States. And so that's another reason why he's not doing this. But it's the smart thing to do. Again, this is a major, major lesson on top of never getting involved in land wars in Asia. If you're going to do that, for God's sake, try to win over some hearts and minds by giving them something to build upon instead of just, you know, fighting the Taliban and then bugging out, which is the dumbest plan. Yeah, you're not nation building if all you're doing is is putting up a Seven Eleven, but not putting anybody in charge of it. <laughs> you know, right. I mean, yeah, it, yeah. it's you can you can build a lot of nice buildings and institutions and and uh, businesses and organizations, but if the right people aren't running it, uh, there's nobody to maintain that when you're gone and it crumbles. I I I think a lot of diplomatic minds are still in favor of nation building, and I still like the idea myself. I do believe we need to build at home more importantly and yeah. and and first but there is a diplomatic and strategic militarily strategic value in nation building uh, however uh, the the fact that trump is talking about mining in afghanistan instead of building bridges back at home may again anger his base we'll see yep absolutely okay one last break and we'll come back and wrap up the show right after these words at Bubble Genius, we know that it's a dog-eat-dog world and sometimes all you've got is man's best friend. We know you do anything for your precious pup. When he's a good boy, you give him his favorite treat. When he's gotta go, you take him for a nice walk. When he destroys your favorite shoes, you scold him, lament, and go shoe shopping. And when he eats God knows what and his ass becomes a dirty, stinking mess, well, we've got your backside on that one. You know that we bubble geniuses make fun, awesome soaps for people, but did you also know that we make stuff for your best friend? We've got dog soaps, shampoos, and conditioners that'll clean your disgusting doggy in no time and leave him soft, cuddly, and smelling super. And we don't stop with the D stinking there. We also make Kismet, our flea-repelling doggy perfume that leaves your pup smelling sweet and dreamy. Doggy kisses leaving you offended at your pup's palate? Turn those sour smooches to sweet with Kiss Me, our all-natural breath spray for dogs. Works wonders on humans, too. Pamper your precious pup with genius products and more at BubbleGenius.com. Bob Seska. This is the Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Welcome back to our Tuesday show. Thank you for joining us today. Uh, Something else that Trump said during his speech last night that really was offensive to me, and uh, more so than just about anything else in that speech, he said, we will fight to win. In the future tense, we will fight to win, uh, basically suggesting that before Trump, we were just screwing around. We were just playing. Right, we're yeah. just over there playing grab ass in Afghanistan. Those other, those other guys who gave their lives and the families who sacrificed, eh, you know, that was nothing. Yeah. Now we're going to do now we're going to really do it. <clears throat> thousands, thousands of wounded warriors and uh, gold 20, star. 20, yeah, 20,000 wounded Americans and what, 2,300 dead, I believe, in Afghanistan then, yeah. over these past nearly 17 years. Right, you loop in all of the Gold Star families who lost uh, family members over there. Just horrendously offensive to say that they, to suggest that they weren't fighting to win and only now we're going to be fighting to win. And the other thing is, I mean, strategically, what is that? He's setting us up for a a major loss here. We're promising a victory. And define winning and what do we get to do to you when you're proven wrong? That's, yeah, that's that's the question. 
All right. And then, of course, the other thing that just infuriated me last night is the rush to declare the big Donald Trump presidential pivot. Let's all, all right, he's he's delivering a uh, teleprompter speed. All right, he's not saying anything crazy. All uh, right, he's just... He's he, speaking softly. He's speaking. There, yeah. <laughs> he's not ranting. He's not yelling. <laughs> yeah. And, and of course, that, that happened once again last night. The prime suspect in all of this was Philip Rucker from the Washington Post. I, I couldn't believe what I was reading. This came down on Twitter. He said, tonight is a new President Trump. acknowledging a flip-flop and talking about gravity of office history and substance you know what philip uh lucy has a football for you to kick and (laughs) i i don't think you're going to actually be able to do it like always and of course you're always you're always going to get a certain amount of ass kissery i think and that's just (laughs) that's the sum of what i guess we can expect but it is unfortunate that you know, somebody, I mean, that didn't work the last time it was said, and I doubt that it will work this time either. Nope, nope. It certainly didn't happen after Fareed Zakaria said, tonight, Trump became president, which is my, by the way, my favorite recycled headline over his staring into the sun photo. <laughs> I, I blame that on a certain degree, of, and, and I can't believe I'm saying this about Fareed Zakaria, but I, bl- I blame that on a certain degree of naivete, I think. Yeah. I think Fareed meant well, and I think I'm sure he regretted that uh, statement within days of having said it. Yep. Uh, you know, so I, I may give him a pass on that so long as he never does it again and so long as others learn from that mistake. Uh, that that That's very concerning that, that people... Uh, still uh, fall for that or try to make others fall for that it's it's yeah i mean naive is exactly right it's wishful thinking it's absolutely wishful thinking and of course the the entire internet just came down like a ton of bricks on philip rucker's head (laughs) starting with you yeah starting with me yeah Yeah. i was one of the first and then also i'm i'm joined by glenn greenwald strangely enough uh again with that ben jacobs said so this is the pivot peter dow said uh, one can only stare in quiet disbelief at a tweet like this uh let's see what else here yeah well greenwald said war and killing uh, are the u.s media's pornography and then included that simon malloy said the president gave a detail free speech on his mystery strategy for continuing a 15-year war Amen. but on the, but on the other hand and then the philip rucker's uh ridiculous tweet so i mean philip rucker's not always oh yeah tom my friend tom nichols uh said i what <laughs> that was his, his tweet in response <laughs> As you said, this will all, this could very well be disproven tonight. Trump is going into uh, the the state where he declared war on immigrants uh, yeah. a year ago. Uh, he ha- the mayor has asked him not to come to Phoenix. The governor will meet him at the airport, but will not attend his little campaign rally tonight. Uh, he's this he the, Trump's visit comes on the heels of attacking both of the. Uh, Nevada uh, senators, uh, Arizona senators, excuse me, uh, both McCain and uh, Jeff Flake. Uh, He's not as welcome there as he was before. His arena will be filled with Trump supporters, but outside that arena will be a lot of maybe an equal number of really angry uh, anti-Trump protesters. And at some point, those Trump supporters inside the arena are going to have to come back out again. So there is, and then there's the talk of, of him possibly pardoning Arpaio tonight. Yeah. If, if any of this happens, we're, we're, it really is a tinderbox and I am anxious. Uh, I hope I'm proven wrong about my concerns uh, tonight as Trump flies into Phoenix. Well, you know, he could do the responsible thing. If Philip Rucker was actually correct, if Fareed Zakaria were actually correct about Donald Trump, Donald Trump, you know, since he's now pivoted to being more presidential, he could actually say, you know what, everyone calm down. Violent, there's no call for violence here. Those counter-protesters are simply, you know, exercising their freedom of speech. Let them do their thing, and you do your mm-hmm. thing, and and we'll all be happy and move forward together. And, that, and that's <laughs> yeah. the responsible thing to do, of course. That'll happen, won't. sure. No way. No, no, no. Never, never, never. Uh, speaking of Trump supporters, uh, this... This infuriated me, and like most things that have happened over the last 215 (laughs) days, but, you know, this one in particular uh, rises to the surface a little bit. Uh, We all remember Michigan. We remember Pennsylvania. We remember Wisconsin and their and their collective decision to give their electoral votes to Donald Trump in uh, last year's election. And uh, well, now we have a poll from NBC News and Marist 
showing that uh, <laughs> uh, Donald Trump's job approval in those states has dropped uh, down from actually electing the guy and making mm-hmm. him president to about 36, 35, and 34%, exactly uh, respectively. Right. And and the same goes for the number of people. The, uh, there's now a uh, plurality, if not a majority, of voters, Trump supporters, in those states who now regret their vote for Donald Trump. Yes, there, there is that. And then there's also that Russian interference. I mean... Uh, the the race was closer than it was it was expected to be. Not certainly not the popular vote. Uh, Clinton won by three million, but uh, these electoral races became much closer than anybody expected for two reasons. One, uh, the Comey announcement about Hillary's emails yep. uh, 10, 11 days before the election, and two, uh, the Russian targeting of specific voting districts just before the election with fake news on social media. Yep. And 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 so with those two little things just pushed uh, Trump over the top. He he would have been beaten by Clinton if it hadn't been for those factors that just made the difference. So without those things, without uh, Russians ability to interfere with the news and, and that uh, that's happening now and uh, with uh, the evidence that Trump has presented that he's incapable of being president, uh, th- those numbers have fallen, and there is a lot of buyer's remorse. There are a lot of Trump uh, voters who uh, got scared about Hillary at the last minute and now are kicking themselves for and, and <laughs> staying quiet and not telling their friends that they actually voted for Trump. Yeah, well, they, I mean, you, you raise a really good point, which is that how do you believe these polls? I mean, I'm reading these polls off, and I'm going... You know, in the back of my head, I'm going, why does this even matter? If, if Russia is going to continue to interfere next year by injecting into the bloodstream of our American politics uh, uh, misinformation, disinformation, propaganda, fake news, all of it, the same crap that they pulled last year but now have gotten better at doing. Here's a hint. If the race isn't even close, there's nothing the Russians can do. <laughs> that, that is absolutely true. I mean, now not only does... The Democratic Party have to overcome the voter ID laws and the gerrymandering and the voter suppression and the voter purges. But now we also have to overcome uh, Russian interference as well, which means we've got to run the score up. I mean, what's what's the gap? I mean, what is the what is the buffer that we need to accumulate? Or I say we I mean, the Democratic Party, what's the buffer that they need to accumulate in order to overcome all of those factors. And I say 30 to 40% just to be on the safe side. <laughs> yeah, at least, at yeah. least for God's sake. <laughs> right. And while you're at it, make sure to get a thousand pack of condoms from uh, the Amazon <laughs> link. Uh, okay, we got the uh, post-mortem show coming up next. Lots more to talk about. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, uh, Trump Russia as we've uh, hit on a little bit here on the free show. Plus, we're going to talk about uh, God, uh, you know, the the, the further uh, defunding and disbandment of, uh, is that even a word, disbandment? I have no idea. Yes. I don't think so. Is it really? I, I yeah, just made, dis- I just banned, you might have been, had an extra syllable there, it's disbandment, <laughs> I think. Okay, disbandment uh, of, uh, of various things that are important at the federal level and uh, some trouble with the Secret Service and so forth. Uh, you want to go and listen to more of this show, go to uh, bobseska.com, click the Patreon link takes you to our patreon page just sign up for five dollars a month and you get two postmortem shows per week or that'd be eight per month plus uh if you sign up at ten dollars you get uh you get an after party every week and you get two postmortem shows sign up at fifteen dollars a month and you get all that stuff plus an unbleeped commercial free version of this show right here it's the, one of the best ways to listen because you get the uh, postmortem show right at the tail end of it if you're a fifteen dollar subscriber per month all right Okay, thank you, Buzz. Uh, we'll thank see you, you. We'll see you over on the uh, post-mortem show. Make sure to listen to Buzz Burbank News and comment on iTunes, BuzzBurbank.com, and Stitcher Radio. Oh, also SoundCloud. <laughs> Take care, folks. Bye-bye.